Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning, Valley sports fans. Welcome to Game Night in the Valley, Game 3. For your Phoenix Suns going down tonight at 7.30 p.m. Pivotal pivotal moment in the series, Vinny. Pivotal is the key word. Yeah. It's, it's like they've scheduled a game every other day in this it's series. It's kind of like they have. Well, <laughs> and what makes this one, and we'll be harping on this, I think, a lot today, what makes this one so interesting is there are only 38 hours between Game 3 and Game 4. Yeah, day game on Saturday, yeah. which is weird for a West Coast, but uh, Crypto.com Arena is hosting two playoff games on Saturday. That's so right. Clippers and Suns, the early one, and Grizzlies and Lakers, the late one. That's right. Yeah. So, so as a result, the winner of Game 3 is going to have a little bit of a psychological edge going into Game 4, maybe. Yeah. It's a it's it's a it's a crunched up schedule and yeah, this is uh this is going to be interesting. So we'll get that all covered. Anybody else got uh, anything to talk about before we get going here? Uh, no, just you know no? those, those normal game day jitters. Is it hot in here or is it me? Uh that's it not it, no, it's okay. I, that's it's you. just you, Vince. Yeah, hey. it's just you. Hey. I didn't go with my son's attire today. I went with normal normal workwear, so okay. it's just I've got an extra layer of clothing on. Maybe. Today. It actually Maybe. is quite warm in here. Okay. Yes, so Good. I'm with you. <laughs> All right. We're both hot. Vince. Half of the show are yeah. having hot flashes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here, we'll you. talk, okay? <laughs> no, no, you're good. <laughs> the changes. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not something we have to talk about on the air. We could have done that before we came on the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an interesting, it's, one of the, it's that time of year where there's like a 30, a literal 30 or 35 degree swing between the low temperature, which we all get to actually experience because mm-hmm. we're up in the middle of the night, yeah. and the high temperature, which happens in like the you know mid-afternoon. Yeah, it was in the mid-50s this morning. Coming, coming to work. It's yeah. going to probably be like 85 degrees at, you know, during the day. Absolutely. How so. about that? All right, good. Let's get have some fun. Start the show, Jarrett. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Panama. Panama coming. Panama coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah, the Suns and Clippers resume their first round Western Conference Series tonight in L.A. All evened up at one game apiece after the Suns' 14-point win on Tuesday night in Phoenix. No changes on the injury report for tonight. Paul George remains out for the Clippers while Cameron Payne still listed as questionable for the Suns. Chris Paul, despite having x-rays on his right pinky after game two, not on the injury. 
injury report. That's good news. Tip-off, 7.30. Extended pregame coverage starts at 6 tonight on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. And Tim Ring, the ringer. He will have uh, the Arizona Sports playoff postgame show following the action from Crypto.com Arena tonight. So, a chance for Suns fans to vent either positively or negatively after tonight's game. Yes. Uh, Last night in the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks playing without Giannis and Tedekumpo torched the Miami Heat 138-122. Brooke Lopez had 25 points. Drew Holiday 24 for the Bucks, who hit 25 three-pointers to tie an NBA playoff record. That series is even at 1-1. The Memphis Grizzlies playing without John Moran turned up the defense and beating the Los Angeles Lakers 103-93. Xavier Tillman Sr. had 22 points to pace the Grizzlies. That series now even at 1-1. Then a pretty entertaining late game last night. Denver outlasted Minnesota 122-113 behind 40 points from Jamal Murray. Nikola Jokic had a 26 Seven for the Nuggets. They now lead two nothing. Headed to Indian or not Indianapolis, Minneapolis for uh, Game Three. The shot making in that game with Anthony Edwards going off for Minnesota and Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, agree with you. Unless you project the Suns to play the Nuggets in the next round, <laughs> the Nuggets look pretty good so far. Against Minnesota, so take it with a grain of salt. Uh, A couple of other games on the playoff schedule. Tonight in the NBA, the Nets hosting Philadelphia in Brooklyn. The Sixers lead that series 2-0. It gets underway at 4-30. Then it's the Warriors without the suspended Draymond Green hosting the Sacramento Kings at 7 o'clock. Kings lead that series 2-0. Speaking of the Kings, another award. Mike Brown named the NBA's Coach of the Year last night. The announcement made on TNT. He becomes the first unanimous choice as Coach of the Year. All one 100 first place votes wow. for Mike Brown. Wow. First one ever? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I, I knew he was the overwhelming yeah, favorite, he, but. Yeah, but that that's an overwhelming favorite. I thought I guess maybe he, Joe Missoula would steal a couple votes from Boston coming in in weird circumstances right, right at the beginning of the year right. and, and still guiding that team. But there's so much talent on that team. They're yeah. so deep. And that that and that and streak was so long for Sacramento that it, yes. it made it sort of a slam dunk. Yep, yep. Uh, D-backs could not complete the three-game sweep in St. Louis. They got routed 14-5 at Bush Stadium by the Cardinals on Wednesday afternoon. Madison Bumgarner had another rough start. He allowed seven runs on seven hits in just three innings. Uh, he was in a bad mood, apparently. We'll get oh, into that a little yo, bit. Oh, yes, we Peter will. Solomon was not much better out of the bullpen. He allowed seven runs in just two and a third innings. Tommy Edmond had a big day. Three hits, three runs scored. A homer, five run, runs batted in. And former Sandra Day O'Connor Eagle, Nolan Gorman, had his first big league grand slam for the Cardinals in a pinch-hitting role in the sixth. Alec Thomas and Pavin Smith had homers in the loss for the D-backs, who finished the road trip at 3-3. Three and three. And now home to face the Padres in a four-gamer at the uh, Chase Field starting tonight. Ryan Nelson against Michael Waka, and it will mark the return of Fernando Tatis. Remember him? Uh, I do remember him. Yeah. yeah, he's been lighting it up in the minors, by the way. Yeah, six forty first pitch, six o'clock pregame on the Arizona Sports app and ESPN six twenty. Elsewhere in baseball, looking more and more like the Oakland A's are going to fly out of the Bay Area. They've signed a binding agreement to purchase land near the Las Vegas Strip, where they intend to construct a major league ballpark that will seat thirty five thousand fans and uh, partially retractable roof. A's hope to break ground next year and move to their new home in time for the 2027 season. So now... The death of an American sports town. Yeah. Warriors left. Uh Uh-huh. Raiders left. Raiders left. left. Now the A's are gone. Wow. That's what happens when you don't build new arenas. (laughs) 
Yeah, the city has not made it easy on no. them. No. It's a 20-year saga for the A's in Oakland going back and forth. Sound familiar? Huh? <laughs> We're only a week away from the NFL draft. The Arizona Cardinals continuing visiting with prospects, reportedly hosting Georgia edge rusher Nolan Smith on a top 30 visit yesterday, which was the last day to conduct such visits. Smith had meager numbers last year for the national champion Bulldogs. Three sacks, seven tackles for loss, battled injury, but he was a combine star. He ran a 4-3-9 40-yard dash and a 41-and-a-half-inch vertical. Uh, tonight is also the night the Arizona Cardinals will unveil their newly redesigned uniforms. First redesigned since 2005. Yeah, good, pl- good planning on that. Yeah, go right uh, up against Stuart, the, uh, right at the Right at the same night as Sun's, Suns playoff, playoff game. game. <laughs> yeah. If you're interested, that's going down at the uh, Van yeah. Buren in downtown Phoenix. Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa held a press conference Wednesday, said he considered retiring following an injury-plagued 2022 season that included a concussion protocol twice. He also told reporters he spent time in the offseason learning to fall better to protect his head in the future. When he did play, he was great. Had a 105.5 QB rating, which was the highest in the league. Yeah. yeah uh, we noticed that about him. He, he does land and fall very weird for an NFL player. He does. Rag yeah. Like so, I guess he's been taking jujitsu classes to learn how to uh, to learn how to fall well, that's better. That's interesting. And says he's really enjoying it. By the way, wow, that's pretty <laughs> interesting. Falling could be so much fun. There was one other story. Are you done with the splash, Vinny? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. continue, I, please. I, I got plenty of stuff. Oh, good. Real quick though, uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Carolina beat the Islanders four three in overtime to take a two nothing series lead. Elsewhere, Florida smoked Boston six three. Dallas over Minnesota seven three, and Edmonton topped the Kings four two. Those series all even up at one one. There was a friendly last night at State Farm Stadium in Glendale between the United States and Mexico. A 1-1 draw there. Uh, ASU men's hoops picks up another transfer. 6-9 forward Zane Meeks from San Francisco. He averaged 10, almost 11 points and 5 rebounds last year. Uh, Tiger Woods had fusion surgery on his right ankle yesterday. His status for appearing in any other major tournaments this year is in doubt. And in the, uh, in the interest of fairness, we don't talk a lot about college baseball, but I did mention a couple weeks ago, ASU ASU sweeping U of A in a three-game uh, series. Uh-huh. U of A beat ASU in baseball last night, twenty to nothing, down in Tucson. Twenty wow. to nothing. Wow! Yikes! That's bad. There, now I'm done. There you go. What do you got, Vic? Well, I was just going to mention that uh, we we had talked about how Al McCoy had his own beer brewed from the Shazam Lager. Did you know that they did the same for Daniel Snyder in Washington D.C.? Oh no! There's an IPA called Bye Dan. <laughs> Bye, Dan. It's an IPA. They brewed 350 cases, sold out in 15 minutes. So our chances of getting even a six-pack for you because it says Dan on yeah. it is probably well, I'm not. I'm going to try one that says bye, bye, Dan. But <laughs> They yeah. could put out a loser lager. That's a good one. And, mm. and, and don't you think, given how many micro-brews there are, that it's about time that you and I, this show, have a beer? Look, I'm just saying, not. I've gone, you know, Wait a I, minute. you know I frequent uh, the sports bar, and I've gone to other what? sports bars where there's sports radio people. Featured this, on beers. This happened. This happened. It you did. had you had a beer literally brewed for you. Ruffle Shoster. No, no, yes. I'm I'm talking about a, cases uh, mass no. produced. So I, that other people can actually purchase. Right. Jared. Yeah, Jared, that's the whole point of it. A regretful red ale for Snyder? I can come up with a <laughs> oh, whole lot. Like regretful red. That's good. I like that. That's pretty good. I'll be back in twenty minutes. Red right. apple Snyder. <laughs> Snyder. That's, that's good. The Snyder that's Sour. Good, Jared. Yeah. Red, red apple Snyder. <laughs> 
There you go. There is your splash for uh, Thursday, April 20th. Make of that date what you will. It's uh, Lindsay Smith's birthday. Is it? Yeah, oh, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah, that's what today is. That's what everybody's celebrating today. Uh, coming up, game three tonight in LA, Suns Clippers. It is pivotal. We'll get into all those pivot points next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Clippers now. Offensive rebound, so uh, something that we can uh, be better at. I think they got like double digits of offensive rebound. Um, so we can do a better job at that. Boxing off big guys um, and then keeping the ball in our hands not, and trying to have single digit turnovers as well. So just doing the small things that, you know, take you over the top as a team in the playoffs. And it's mainly, you know, the, 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 F, uh, the effort plays that really push teams over the top. So whoever do those the most is going to come out with it's Kevin Durant of the uh, Suns of practice in L.A. yesterday ahead of Game 3, which is tonight at Crypto.com Arena. Very pivotal Game 3. Anytime you can split those first two, Game 3, uh, can really be a harbinger of things to come. And Kevin Durant there, Bick, talking about what needs to improve for the Suns, and I think he hit on a couple of, of good things. Uh, the offensive rebounding has been dominated by the L.A. Clippers in this series. Uh-huh. In fact, more than half of their total rebounds in Game 2 were on the offensive glass. Yeah. I don't think it was as impactful, obviously, as no. it, or as painful for the Suns as it was in Game 1. The timing of those offensive rebounds, obviously, really spelled doom for the Suns. But that is something that you, that you mark. The turnovers, too, and we didn't talk a lot about this yesterday. Got mentioned, but not harped on. The Suns were very sloppy with the basketball to begin Game 2. Mm-hmm. And when they got a better grasp on things, and, and that had to do with some changes being made schematically and Devin Booker bringing the ball up, but they took better care of the basketball starting in the second quarter uh, and cut down the turnovers, and I think that was really instrumental in turning that game around. So, um, you know, single-digit turnovers is what KD said. We'll see if that's possible. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's not the only things that need to improve. No, but, but those are those are good points to, yes. to pivot off of. Uh, rebounding, continuing to stay locked in. They were much better on that in Game 2. The turnovers limit them. They were much better on that um, in that department. And then Kevin Durant said yesterday, not reaching on defense. You're playing now in Los Angeles. Don't give up cheap fouls. Don't give referees reasons to, to kind of saddle you with foul trouble. So play defense with your feet. Um, commit and and see what happens. What's interesting going into Game 3 tonight to me is that both teams feel really good about where they are. And obviously the Clippers feel good because they took Game 1. The Suns feel good because they evened it up and they found something. The Suns believe that these last two games are the first real tests that they've faced since Kevin Durant arrived and uh, they got better from one to the next. And so from the Suns' point of view, maybe they're looking at this as, okay, now this is when our ascent really begins, when we're playing teams with full rosters who are coming at us at full blast. Because that certainly wasn't the case in the regular season. And to the contrary, the Clippers look at this and go, hey, look, we just lost a game in Phoenix where their, where their guys shot 60%, where our guys struggled outside of, uh, outside of Kawhi and, and maybe Russ early on. 
and and their guys played 44 minutes a game. Their uh-huh. top guys played 44 minutes a game. So what's interesting is both sides, whether it's mental gymnastics, semantics, or or reality, both sides have a level of confidence going into Game Three. Should make it very very competitive, very entertaining. Yeah, on the um, you know, the minutes point that you brought up. There's a lot of minutes being played. We knew that was going to be the case, especially with Kevin Durant. If you look at his history in the postseason, uh, if he's out there, he's going to be out there. 44 minutes and 31 seconds in Game 1, 44-26 in Game 2. In fact, Kevin Durant now in his career has played over 40 minutes in 11 straight playoff games. Mm-hmm. That streak ended, uh, the, the game where he didn't play 40 was all the way back in 2021, Game 2, uh, Brooklyn against Milwaukee. And the only reason that happened is because the Nets blew out the Bucks by 39 points, yeah. and he didn't have to play that much. Now, it is funny that a lot of those dates paralleled him losing games also. Well, well that, but see, there is, there's, a, there's a correlation between that. When you find superstars at their peak usage, it's generally in series where there's a lot of desperation when, when that superstar's team isn't doing well. That, that's a very common refrain. If a superstar's team is doing well, generally that team can limit the superstar's minutes. So, so th- that relationship between that data is very obvious to me. Um, what I think is interesting with Kevin Durant, though, because you're right, you go look at his playoff history, and and there are there are numerous playoff series in which he's averaged 40 minutes per game or more. Numerous. Um, he's only gone above 44 and a half where he's at right now three different times, and that was much earlier in his career. So so even though this is not rare for him, they're kind of pushing him to the edge a little bit so far. And it's only two games. Well, and a lot of that ties into, yes, you're going to lean more heavily on your stars in the playoffs. Makes perfect sense. But when you don't have that established bench behind those starters, those minutes are going to increase even more. Monty Williams was asked about depth being an issue. Does he think it will be in this series? It can be. Um, You know, we hope... Over the long haul of the series, that we can use our guys properly. But I see both sides do it. They do have a lot of depth. They also have talent. I mean, I've, I've coached a couple of the guys on that team more than that, and I know how good they are. Uh, Eric is a really good player. He's never gotten the credit that he deserves as a basketball player on both ends. Kawhi is one of the best on the planet. I see both sides to the argument. We talked about depth going into this series. It was clearly a a check check mark in in the column of the Clippers. They have more depth. Their bench is better. I I think it's been more one-sided than we thought. I I went and I did a little numbers and, and it's, you know, Put into it what you will, but in the in the regular season games that Kevin Durant played with the Suns, the eight games, the the starters were averaging about seventy eight percent of their team's points. It was it was pretty consistent all the way through, mm-hmm. kind of eerie. Um, obviously, starters are going to play more in the playoffs, and the bench has not been productive when they've had chances. That number is north of 90% in the first two games of the series. The Suns can make things a lot easier if they get some production from their bench, but I wouldn't count on it. Not at this no, point. No, because, because I, again, I don't think – it's not like their bench is underperforming. That's the whole thing. Their bench is their bench. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and so – 
I, I think there there have been games leading into the playoffs where maybe we fooled ourselves with watching this. The thing that the thing that I look at with the Suns team, I, I look at Damian Lee and I look at all the success he had early on. He was a, almost a breakout star for the first month of the season. Yeah, and and you wonder if you could recapture that. I don't know. I it's wonder, just something and, to think and, about. You know, he, Monty did roll the dice with Damian Lee for a very, very short stint, but it's really hard for those guys to get going in, in two or three minutes off the bench. We'll have a lot more on that subject and a lot more on Game 3 today. You could score the hottest ticket in town, Suns playoff tickets. Just text TICKET to 620-620. Register and listen for your name Monday and Tuesday during the 7 o'clock noon and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to win tickets to uh, Game 5 to see the Suns take on the Clippers. That's TICKET to 620-620. Coming up next, D-backs were going for a sweep in St. Louis. That didn't happen. And we'll get into the details of it next. D-backs daily straight ahead. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. D-backs daily. Brought to you by the Arizona Department of Health Services. The first step to help is three numbers away. Call Texter Chat 988 to access the suicide and crisis lifeline. Yesterday, Bick, when previewing the possible sweep in St. Louis for the D-backs, we went over the pitching matchup, and when it comes to Madison Bumgarner, I think you made the comment, well, there goes your chance to sweep. Yeah, and we all saw this coming. <laughs> yeah, We all saw this coming. Yeah, Madison Bumgarner on the mound has been a rough go in 2023 so far. It started out rough. Uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, they got on the board first in the bottom of the first inning. one uh, nothing on a Carlson double to center that scored Tommy Edmond. Then Carlson stole third on a double steal. Arenado stole second. Carlson scored on a throwing error. It's already 2-0. And then Wilson Contreras tacked on to make things worse in the first inning. The pitch. And that one is pulled inside the left field line. That is a fair ball. It ricochets off the part of the seats that jet inward. And it's a double for Contreras that brings home Arenado, and it's 3-0 St. Louis. Yeah, 3-0 after one. Chris Garagiola on the uh, call there. Uh, the Diamondbacks did get two runs in the top of the second inning, courtesy of Alec Thomas. And now the pitch from Woodford is hit in the air to right center. That's hit pretty well. Walker going back onto the track at the wall. This ball is gone. Long home run, Alec Thomas, his first of the year. And he gets the D-backs right back in this one. It's now 3-2. to two. It would stay 3-2 to two until the uh, bottom of the... Actually, it was 3-3 uh, three, three after a uh, Christian Walker sacrifice fly scored Cattell Marte in the third inning. Bottom of the third. That's when St. Louis got cooking. Uh, and courtesy of a big blast from Tommy Edmond. Here's Edmond. First pitch high. Fly ball deep to left field. Guriel back on the track at the wall. And it's gone. The second of the year for Edmund. And it is now 7-3 in favor of St. Louis. Fast forward to the sixth. Bumgarner long gone at this point, but Nolan Gorman, former prep star here in the Valley, he uh, put an exclamation point on the day for the Cardinals. Now the 1-0 pitch. Swung on and belted deep to right field, and that is going to be a grand slam for Nolan Gorman. 
Yeah, 14 to 5 the final. It was just about as ugly as you could imagine. Still two out of three for yeah. the uh, Diamondbacks yeah. in St. Louis and a three and three road trip as they come home to take on the Padres. But we got to get more into the Madison Bumgarner. Well, yeah, issue. the issue of Madison Bumgarner now has reached critical mass. We are we are now at the crossroads, and and I think the Diamondbacks are going to do something with this very shortly because um, for a lot of different reasons. Number one, the the premonition. We all saw this coming. The Diamondbacks willingly went into a blowout yesterday. Um, I'm sure they had hopes of winning the game, but again, I, if anybody has seen him pitch this year, you kind of knew what was coming yesterday, particularly against a team that. That was trying to avert a sweep. So what you did as a baseball team is you willingly halted your own momentum. And, and not willingly is a wrong word, but but knowingly, knowingly, that's the word I'm looking for. You knowingly knew that you're coughing up a great opportunity to sweep a storied franchise, and now you got to deal with it because now people because now you've created a, a swirl of negative energy that has to be addressed. Yeah, and this is not the first time in Bumgarner's stint with the Diamondbacks that we're having these. Discussions. Discussions. And I think knowingly is certainly a word you can use, but I think there was hope and, and a hope based on what Bumgarner's been able to, to do in the past. And people will focus on the velocity. It's down a tick. He's never been a flamethrower uh, of a pitcher. But when the velocity is down and there's no movement and you're just throwing batting practice fastballs, mm-hmm. this is what you run into. And Bumgarner is in a bad place right now. Mike yeah. Hazen was on with the Wolf and Luke yesterday after that stint and was asked, hey, is Bumgarner lacking confidence? Potentially. Uh, I think he's frustrated, right? Nobody At this level, the competitiveness of these guys is extremely high. And so nobody wants to go out there and feel like you're not pitching to the standard that you're being held to and that your teammates are being held to and that a lot of them are, are going out and, and doing so uh, I think there's definitely a level of frustration. I think with that, anybody gets you know struggles to find success over a prolonged period of time. I can only it would shock me if confidence doesn't play into that. And mm-hmm. My mistake. That's actually Mike Fitzgerald from the D-backs uh, front office. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bumgarner <laughs> yesterday, 80 pitches, 48 strikes. Mm-hmm. Only he's a guy who's not missing bats. For only four swinging strikes of those 80 pitches. Yeah. He hit 90 miles per hour on six pitches, Mm -hmm. all on four-seam fastballs. And then this is what you'd look to with with Madison Bumgarner as well. There was an exchange, and and Contreras got him for that double that we played the highlight. That, you know, Bumgarner throws an 88-mile-an-hour meatball right down the middle, and Contreras takes, you know, he swings out of his shoes, fouls it back, and kind of made a noise. Monica Sellis-like. Yeah. Grunted. Like, and, and the noise at, yeah. and the reaction from Contreras was, oh my gosh, you're going to throw that crap up here and I missed it? Yeah. Bumgarner did not appreciate it. Told him to shut the bleep up and then called him <laughs> uh, you know, another choice name uh, that the cameras right. caught. And this is not out of the ordinary Something for Something related medicine. to feline. But, I mean, look, Wilson Contreras is one of those guys. It's <laughs> a good way to put it. Yeah, that's what it was. Wilson Contreras is one of those guys that rubs people the wrong way. I Whatever. saw I saw a comment on on Twitter that said, Wilson Contreras is the Draymond Green of Major League what? Baseball. Who cares? That being said, who cares? Like, why can't he be upset that who he cares? missed a pitch that he should hit a mile and a half? Yeah, who cares how he's emoting? Why, I why agree. is that Madison Bumgarner's business? Why is he making it Worry his about, business? Yeah, and, and then later in the at-bat, Bumgarner walked him and Wilson Wilson Contreras had an epic bat flip on uh-huh. a walk. <laughs> Take that, meat bum. Listen, I, I'm with you on this. I, I am so, 
I, I have so had it with his attitude and his yelling at the cloud, old, uh, uh, old man kind of routine. I'm sick of it. I, I, I don't like that representing my baseball team. Who are you to criticize how somebody else is emoting? There's not a right way to play the game of baseball. Madison Bumgarner is locked in the 1980s. Yeah. And as Jared points out, he's still younger younger than who? Merrill Kelly. Exactly. Yeah, I, listen, he's not I'm that just, old guy. I'm it not feels a fan like of the attitude. 40. He's been a bad acquisition. He's had one moment with the team, and it is now time for the Diamondbacks to check out of the Madison Bumgarner experience. In fact, people are already projecting that he's that Mad Bum's going to relocate, end up in Texas with Bruce Bochy. People really? are already, people are already, Buster Olney is already speculating that that is where Madison Bumgarner is going to so how does, But how up. does he get there? Yeah. The Diamondbacks are going to have to just eat the contract and release him. Mm. Yeah. Ouch. And so you're talking, what, 37 million bucks? Yeah. Yesterday, Gamble, I, I laughed out loud at this. Gamble tried to make the case that Mad Bum should reach a deal with the Diamondbacks and because of pride, give back half the money. Bernsey, oh. Bernsey laughed out loud. Bernsey was like, you of all people are the ones suggesting that. <laughs> Do the wolf mm-hmm yeah. again. Cause mm-hmm. That- yeah. I can't get that deep. Though, uh, and I'm like, Gamble, it's a nice thought. But really... So, yeah, you're going to have to do it. It, Look, it's not like this baseball team is spending money anyways. You know what? On that front, let's just make all of sports just merit-based pay. (laughs) Right. Let's just do that. You work on commission. Yeah. Yeah. So so the attitude, the lack of production. And you got a baseball team now that's got aspirations. You can't cough up games like this. And, and, and I, I said this yesterday on social media, and I do believe this. I don't blame Tori Lovello for giving him the ball yesterday. I understand that when you're dealing with a guy with his persona and a guy with his legacy, you've got to, you've got to let him kind of dictate and give him the, as much, as many opportunities as you can. But now, you, now they're done. I'm now they're gone. T- I'm even torn on that. That. You know, persona and that legacy was in a different city with a different but team and a I different know, decade. To be, to be fair, I it know. was only his third start, though. It's not like he's had ten straight bad starts. It's still the beginning of the season. We it, were talking about this after start after. one yes, when he was throwing yes. eighty-eight mile an hour now, fastballs, yeah. and then they, they were there, like, "Something's wrong. We need to send him home." And nothing was wrong. That was yeah. The biggest problem right. was they sent right. him to a real doctor. And the doctor couldn't find anything. Yeah. <laughs> and they get Dr. Vinny Boombots out yeah, there. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Dr. Vinny Boombots, okay? Okay, okay, okay fine. fine. He's an ear, nose, and wallet man. <laughs> <laughs> That's D-backs Daily. D-backs back home to face the uh, San Diego Padres. Four-game series starts tonight out at Chase Field. Coming up next, we had uh, a little heat in the Grizzlies-Lakers series. Actually, let's just say more heat in the Lakers-Grizzlies series. Courtesy of one of the biggest villains in the NBA. We'll get into it next. Typically, Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Pickley feeds Murata. Pickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Three on the way. Too strong. Offensive rebound is Xavier Tillman. He'll kick it out to Jones. 90 seconds left. 10 on the shot clock. Jones with Russell right there. Jones to the right side. Brooks tees up a three. Bring it up. The three on the board. 
A second chance triple for the Grizz pushes the lead to 11. Yeah, three of uh, Dylan Brooks' 12 points on the night. Uh, America's sweetheart, Dylan Brooks. And uh, surprise, surprise, Memphis Grizzlies bounce back. Yeah. 103-93 in a a tight game, a defensive game. They were quite shorthanded without John Morant. You know, Xavier Tillman's in the starting lineup. You're starting Tyus Jones. It's a good win for the Grizzlies. The fun started after the game. <laughs> oh, no, it did. Well, be, well be, during the game, Before it we get to after the game, let me just say this. Uh, what a wasted opportunity for the Lakers to, to make quick work of a, of a higher-seeded team and, and get way out ahead of that team, and they just they came out and played kind of soft. This was the Anthony Davis experience yes, last night. Yes, that's exactly what this was. Killers on the basketball court would smell blood in the water. We got a shorthanded team. We won game one. I know there's that tendency to relax in game two, but Anthony Davis really relaxed. Four of 14 against that team with 13 points. Yeah. And, and D'Angelo right. Russell was just and, D'Angelo and he, Russell. And, and he was handled by who? Xavier Tillman? Xavier Tillman outplayed Anthony yeah. Davis. Yeah, that was the Anthony that Davis experience. Okay, let's get to the fun issue. stuff. So Dylan Brooks is just an irritant. He is quickly rising on the list and maybe at the top of the ultimate NBA villain right now. Yeah. Um, so he yesterday you gave the stat: Patrick Beverly, Draymond Green, Dylan Brooks, top three trash talkers. Yes, yes. Um, Dylan Brooks talking trash after the game. You know he was getting in the face of LeBron James, and then was asked about the exchange on the court at his locker after the game. Some people, Lakers are making that run. They get it to fourteen. You and LeBron have that exchange. There are people out there that say maybe maybe you shouldn't do that with one of the better players in the game. What, I guess what, what were you thinking? About? I don't care. He's old. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, I was waiting for that. I was expecting him to do that game four, game five. He wanted to say something when I got my fourth foul. Um, he should have been saying that earlier on. Um, but, you know, I poke bears. Um, I don't respect no one until they come and give me 40. Um, so um, I pride myself on, you know, what I do is defense and taking on any challenge that's on the board. <laughs> yeah, he's special, isn't he? I like how he says, I poke bears. I poke bears. I, bears. I poke the bears. Yeah. Um, is it possible to root for a... A series to end in a tie where both <laughs> both franchises are eliminated. <laughs> no, listen, but but I will say this: uh, the Grizzlies, the thing that that is separated them, there is a there's a hardcore element to them that serves them well. You might not like them, but but they have they've shown a ton of resiliency. There were a lot of people, myself included. Um, Brandon Clark was a key key might be too strong of a word. He He's was, a key contributor. I, okay. I don't have any problem with okay. you using that phrase. key contributor. And, yes. and I thought Stephen Adams was just sort of like their defensive anchor just locked down and I thought that in the playoffs particularly they weren't going to go anywhere without him then the Ja Moran injury there was there was no reason for the Lakers to have lost that game but you know the the, the Grizzlies have a they've got a, they got some toughness about they do, them it, uh, they are a very disliked team outside of Memphis oh, Tennessee yeah. there's no doubt about it but you yeah. can't deny that there's a grit to them as well, well. when the Ja Moran suspension happened and there mm-hmm. was this cloud over the team and they're sitting in the two seat everybody thought up, they're done. They navigated through that very well, to yep. their credit. And they navigated through losing Morant to the hand injury very well last night. But I got to say this. 
Dylan Brooks poking the bear. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't uh, respect anybody until they put forty on me. That happened once in the whole regular season, and it was Damian Lillard. Why do you want to give LeBron James, who's about as petty as they get? Why do you want to give him that extra fuel? Because that's I don't yeah I, I wouldn't but but that's that's I mean look at him we're watching him on television right now look at the glasses look at the chain just look at his look at his vibe yes it's it's really a look at me we're bad he old he old it, it's funny because like LeBron is so much better than Dylan Brooks. Dylan like, Brooks like is I a really good wing defender. He, I, I, he he's, he's not a great basketball player. He's yeah. a really good wing. I defender. understand it, but it's just like it reminds me of Patrick Beverly. All yeah. and the nonsense. It's like you you fill a very specific role, and I know it's your job even to make these kind of comments after the game. Mm-hmm. That's your role on a team is to be this irritant. Yeah, but it it sounds so silly when you think about it to trash talk LeBron James. It does. Look, right. we you got, don't need to do it. It's, we got on Devin Booker last year for making a comment on the court that wasn't even in a media setting but somebody put it out on social media the Luca special and Luca got a hold of it and used it as fuel and turned the whole series around that's a good point it's a real good point LeBron still is very capable I can't you know I'm not a fan at this point you know the the whole crown thing. I think I think there's a lot of phoniness to LeBron James, but I don't know why. If you poke bears, bears, bears. why do you want to poke that bear? <laughs> right, and also you're not Pierce. You are not on the same Pierce. Pierce. You are not Pierce. And I'm also you look dumb, dude. Santa Monica Pier, <laughs> Pierce Morgan, Pier Thirty Nine, Pierce. Pierce. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan, a Bartlett Pierce, Hawkeye Pierce, Paul Pierce, Mary Pierce, Pierce the Veil. Good pull, Sarah. That was a good job, Sarah. Well done, Rufus. Very well, well done. done. So you know, I made a prediction before the playoffs began that. <laughs> If you really believe the NBA is rigged, you're going to see it in this series because it's Lakers and LeBron, and it's this roguish team from Memphis with Ja and all the stuff that went down with him and the handgun. I, I don't think the NBA would mind one bit if the Grizzlies exit stage left like now. They're an up-and-coming team, and Ja Morant at one point was going to be the face of the future of the of the league. But but I think in this particular instance, watch the next couple of games. Watch free throw usage the next couple of games. Just just as a social experiment. Yes, or, that's all. Or this, uh, Dylan Brooks. I think will have to increase of players that he respects by one after game three because LeBron's going to go for about forty five. Mm-hmm. Want to hear something weird? This is going to be the first. Uh, Lakers home game that LeBron has played in front of fans in the playoffs. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Say it again. This is yeah. the first Lakers home game that LeBron will be playing in front of fans in the playoffs. That's not. That's wow. Not, that's not true. I don't know. That's what he said. They played the Suns in the playoffs in twenty one. There was there was no fans there. I guess. Uh, no Le- true fans is what Jared okay. meant. <laughs> I, see. <laughs> That that just proves that LeBron is old because yes. I'm, I'm taking that exactly from LeBron.
Yeah, so 2020 have, was the bubble. Do you have the audio of him saying that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I I don't want to play I have two cuts. I'll, I'll find it, it. I'll play it. During the- uh, yeah, well, Jared, is this a Jared error? Is, is that what this maybe is? Maybe after all of this, <laughs> Dylan Brooks was right. He old. <laughs> <laughs> you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Uh, you can also score the hottest ticket in town, Suns playoff tickets. Just text ticket to 620-620. Register and listen for your name starting Monday and on Tuesday, 7 a.m. hour, the noon hour, 5 o'clock hour, for your chance to qualify for game tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers. That's ticket to 620-620. More on that big game three tonight from L.A. next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Akshin Community Studios. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, Saturday is, um, is back to the four lines. You know, uh, what happens in between the four lines on the court, so... I'm excited about the opportunity to play again, play again, another playoff game, and um, I believe this is our first, uh, this is our first game at at the house, huh? In front of our fans, ain't it? In the postseason, first time, so.